Hey everybody, this is Andy, one-third of the Sour Mash Tours team. I've got good news and bad news for you. The bad news is we don't have a full podcast to release today. Uh, we had every intention of recording. Time got away from us. Dylan had to go to the basketball game. Danielle had to go to dinner. And they just left me alone here with this microphone. The good news is we do have some brand new content to share. We understand that we have dozens of avid listeners and you demand new content and who are we to let you down? So we've referenced this on some past episodes, but I do have a recording that I made over the summer with my good friend Quincy Kendall. He was in town with his girlfriend Kelly for Forecastle and in the midst of a whirlwind weekend, we decided to get out the mic and record the results of a very intense bourbon experiment that we did. And I'll leave it at that for now. The rest uh, will be explained by the audio that follows. Just know that it was uh, fairly heavy, heavily edited. Uh, there were several stretches of 15 to 30 seconds where no one was talking and we were uh, just making drinking noises and sitting there contemplating what we were tasting. So I spared you those, uh, those periods of time on the recording by cutting them out, but the rest is uh, raw and just how it happened. We reveal the results of this experiment and uh, you'll see how it went. But Without further ado, I will uh, bring you the lost and or bonus Sour Mash podcast. Enjoy. Hey and welcome. This is a uh, special bonus Sour Mash Tours podcast. Sour Mash podcast. We'll see if this ever finds the light of day, but... Um, here with Quincy Kendall, who is in town from Chicago. You've heard him mentioned on previous podcasts as my buddy from Chicago. Um, so he came down for Forecastle, and we've been doing an experiment over the past. How long did when do we start? Probably close to two months. I yeah, two so. months. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about what we did? Well, sure. Uh, we happened upon this special release from Maker's Mark, seared BU one through three. I think that's how it said. Yeah. Uh, I think I found it on their actual Instagram uh, posting that they released it at the gift shop. You had Kelly's dad go around Kelly's there and ran down in the car, quick five minute drive to get there, and uh, waited in a little bit of a line and picked up a couple bottles for us, and here we are. And we found out that uh, perhaps we could maybe replicate this ourselves, so yeah. that's where the whole idea came to be. So Makers, their private select, which we talked about in length on the last podcast, they've got five different types of wood staves. They experimented with the sixth, as the legend goes, and it was a French oak stave, which is our first mistake, which we'll get to. Um, sous vide. Tell them what a sous vide is. You're so yeah, a sure. Uh, classically trained chef. It means under pressure in French. And what we did is we we took the wood chips and sealed them, vacuum sealed them under pressure and then put them into an immersion circulator bath, which is a very precise controlled temperature down to a, I'd say a tenth of a degree. Uh, and that was all our own choice as to what temperature and time we choosed, because yes. uh, we had no background information. Really so on. all we knew was what it said on the front of the label. This is a 10 virgin seared and sous vide French oak staves. Um, 
and so we weren't working with much information, but this is a super limited release. They put out, I think, 800 bottles of this, and then it's gone. And the reason was because they decided that this, while it tasted great by itself, it didn't play well with the other types of wood that they were using. So this stuff retailed for what, like 30 or $40 a bottle? $40. And it's going on the secondary market for like 150 People are going crazy over this stuff. So Quincy and I are talking, and we're like, we've got access to wood. We've got a sous vide, and why not try to buy some maker's cast strength and see if we can recreate this product. So what we're doing today, and this is live, we haven't tasted the BU yet, which they say at the distillery stands for butterscotch. I guess that's the notes that they get out of it. I didn't know that. That's good to know. So we have our control, which is just the maker's cast strength, which was 110.7 proof, I think. We both got the same batch. Um, we both had slightly different methods of searing these wood chips we bought off Amazon and putting them in a sous vide, then put it in the bourbon and let it age. Just sat it around for a while. I put mine out in like the 150 degree garage. I think Quincy set his on the porch, let the sun hit it some. That was another mistake that we'll get to. Uh, so we're going to try the control. We're going to try the real thing and see if by the grace of God, somehow our experiment matches the BU. I don't have high hopes for this, do you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, on initial smelling of the glass when I took it out of the bottle, it was, uh, it was unpleasant to say the least. To say the least. <laughs> I didn't know this too. I think the, the BU is actually the same proof as well, 110.7. Oh, so perfect. So this is all lined up. It serendipitous. Should be the same batch, if you will. Yeah. So we'll see. So without further ado, and we've never had a lot of success just drinking on this podcast, but who knows? we're just going to try it. Andy's currently drinking. This is about the probably the eighth different bourbon that I've tried today, so my palate's fresh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe have a glass, a little sip of water. So the control, I mean, just the straight up maker's barrel proof, um, definitely just has that... that Maker's profile that we all know and love, the weeded, very soft. I get a lot of cocoa with that. Um, I don't have a lot, of, a lot else to say. What do you get? What do you pick up from that control? I mean, it's always been something everyone's wanted as a, a, a barrel-proof maker's mark, and it, it just amplifies all those traditional maker's mark notes. I think to a, for sure a person that drinks a lot of bourbons level. Yeah, what they want. Absolutely. So makers for a long time, they were kind of just behind the eight ball a little bit. We had this bourbon craze, all these other distilleries are putting out limited releases, special editions, and makers just made makers and it was by design. They strive for consistency. So kind of the onset of this whole stave finishing idea was the makers 46 that they've released. I want to say maybe six or seven yep. years ago, they started putting that out, which was just regular makers mark finish with uh, French oak staves. Uh, and then a few years after that, they started this barrel proof, which a lot of people kind of gravitated for toward. And now they've got their private select, which they're putting out some fantastic uh, items there. So without further ado, should we try the, Let's get into the real deal. Do, the BU? Sure, you go first. I want you to go first. Well, I, had, I went first on the control. I need to, go, I need a drink of water. And a stale the... oyster. We have me a stale oyster cracker. Please do. I found the stale oyster crackers. They're a better palate cleanse. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a weak staleness on that. Yeah, 
I have a feeling there's a lot of sound effects on this too. I can hear us chewing mm -hmm. through the monitor here. I get more makers, makers profile, but a lot more of that like caramel sweet flavor. I don't know if I see what they're talking about with the butterscotch. No. Perhaps maybe our palates are already shocked. Maybe so. But I was, I mean, I like to think that we could still taste some differences here. The tasting notes on the front of the label are dark, rich, and creamy mouthfeel, which I can't disagree with there, mm -hmm. with notes of toffee and honey and a silky finish. Now that you said that, I'd taste all those things. It's the power of suggestion. <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, honest opinion, does this live up to that hype? Is this worth $150 for no. a 375 milliliter? No, I think you're just as good off to go get the private selects. All of those are very interesting in and of themselves. And you're paying technically, if you got it at retail, right around the same price as this would be for a full 750. Like nosing those two next to each other, it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar, but I feel like the the edges are a lot softer on the BU. The mouth. I think it's feel. it's. I would say it's for sure an improvement on the the control, but I can't say that it's that big of an improvement, you know. And then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how our our experiments fare here. Yeah, I just don't. I thought it would be like totally something crazy different. Have you had the 46 recently? No. I always remember that being the same as the Maker's Mark as well, but just like an extra level of finesse to it. Well, I, I'll take that back. I did have some 46 at the distillery when we did our private oh. select because that's one of the options for the finishing state. Right. So that, but that was mm -hmm. barrel proof 46, which I had never, never had before. Had. And it wasn't, um, we, we weren't compelled to put any of the 46 staves into our selection. Um, they told us at the distillery that the 46 staves could help kind of marry flavors together, but it wasn't one that we were rushing to get a bunch of in, sure. in, in the mix. Um, so I probably should have taken more detailed notes as I was doing this. I kind of just winged when it we, a little bit. When we cooked bit. the wood chips? Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think I forgot what temperature I even used. I could probably go back through our text messages and figure it out. I'm so, pretty sure we both decided to change our temperature over the course of the cooking yeah. as well. So we were, we're nervous and... Time and temperature were both variables here. And even when I went to the distillery, I kind of asked some questions. I didn't want to quite tell them what I was doing, but they, they claim that they don't know. And even with their other staves, they, they get them from independent stave, and they claim that they don't know the specifics of how these things are, are finished. They're all seasoned wood, so that's our first mistake. We used just wood chips we bought off Amazon. Seasoning means apparently just setting it out in the sun and letting it naturally dry and you get some funkiness well, out. To know, like maybe that. those were seasoned by the company we purchased. Maybe so. We, we don't know that for sure. So I took a, a blowtorch to these for a fairly short period of time. I think yours might have been a little heavier. Yeah, mine caught fire uh, and had to put the fire out. <laughs> so they got a little more char, I would say. Yeah, mine caught a little fire, but, but not too, too bad. Then I vacuum sealed them and put them in the sous vide. And I think I had it on maybe one. I think you were at 150, is what you told me, or 160. I think 150 or 160 yeah. for six or seven hours. And then I heard that, so I went a little higher with mine. I think I went up to 180. 180? For yeah. how long? It was probably six hours or so. Yeah. 
So then after that, I, I took them out of the, the vacuum seal. I didn't know what kind of vessel to use, so I have a French press over here. So I filled the French press up with Maker's Barrel Strength, uh, dumped the wood chips into it, and wrapped it with parafilm wax and let it sit for about four weeks. So at one point during that four-week stretch, I decided it would be good to move uh, the French press out into my garage, which I swear gets up to about 110 degrees during the middle of the day. But when I went to Makers, I found out that when they finish these, they finish them in a 50-degree cellar. And so, the cellar, it says it on the label, finishing location, the cellar. cellar. Right. So I really should have kept it in the fridge. And the yeah. reason they do that is because they don't want too much penetration into the wood. They just want that surface to impart flavor on it. Which so is that was another big mistake that we made, I think. And I think that's what made the nose really hard to 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 handle yeah. for me when I first opened it is that heat just really brought out the wood char. But I think I think that the putting the flame directly on there <laughs> brought out some burnt characteristics. Sure. We we both tasted these a couple of times throughout the the experiment so we know about what's coming but I haven't had it in a couple of weeks. Same here. I so I put mine outside for maybe like 4 days when it was really hot in Chicago. It was in the upper 90s, and mine was in an old Buffalo Trace um, half-gallon bottle, and I've used a wine vacuum stopper, so I removed okay. all the air out oh, of mine. Nice. But I don't. I, upon nosing it, I think we both got very similar results. See, I'd be curious to see how our two compare. I actually like the nose on this. I get a little bit of that that burnt in there that I right. think comes from the char on the wood, but. And to be honest, smelling it next to this BU, maybe it's because I got a little bit of a buzz. It's not too. It's not too dissimilar. I mean, first things first. Let's just say, like next to the control, what we did definitely changed the yeah. bourbon. I mean, it's not like we just did this and it comes out tasting the same. Like putting these well, chips in the control there. Control is nice now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely get more of the like alcohol vapors on ours when I put my nose up to it. Yeah, I just <laughs> tasted just it for the first smirk. time, and it's. Um, I don't think that we're gonna rush this into market. All right, here I go. Very reminiscent of another bourbon we tried uh, from the state of Texas. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that Balcones or whatever. Yeah, it has more. Is it blue corn? Yeah, it has that barbecue kind of taste to it. Yours is altogether different than mine. Really? Wow. I'm a, do you think it, your yeah. date's different? I kind of like yours if, more. I don't know if it's just because you said um, barbecue, but I almost got like a charcoal type of yep. flavor after it. <laughs> From the burning. <laughs> From the burning wood. <laughs> I also have to say, um, mine, when I took it out of the sous vide, the chips, they were actually like wet. They were, it looked like... Did it like sweat some of the yeah, natural some moisture of the, out? Some of the sugars or something caramelized or I wonder if that's because you of, did it at a higher temperature. Yeah, so I think the next time we do this, we might have to do more of a longer experiment and maybe not as intensive yeah, adjustments to the wood. 
definitely the temperature and what they do for the staves that they use for their program is they either use an infrared oven or a convection oven. They don't put a flame directly right. on it like they would the inside of a barrel. So I think we messed up there a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm not too discouraged. I'd, I'd like no. to try some more experiments. I mean, you were quick to say not something that we released to the public, but maybe with some work and tweaking. Yeah, I think we might, might be onto something here. So there's a, a lot of different finished products coming out. It, it, you know, can we have, have something where we're trying, like, uh, maybe to recreate different products that are out in the marketplace? Can we get a hold of some sherry-soaked wood or something yeah. like that? Who's to say that with the growing, you know, different experiments that a little startup could do something small and small release like this, which is only, like you said, 800 bottles. Yeah, just buy a barrel at a time yeah. and do experiments on it. Well, I, what I will say is that once I filtered mine and let it sit without the wood in it for about a week and a half, and I think you just took yours out. I filtered it on maybe Saturday. So I had about a week head start yeah. on that. And mine is, I think it's got less of that burnt wood flavor in it still. Also... Makers Mark, do, they don't do any ch any chill filtering, do they? They do. They do. Yeah, they, so I don't know if it's they, they filter. The... They they said it was passed through a, a membrane that basically just took the like the barrel char out of it, and I filtered mine with like a, a cold pre or cold brew coffee right. filter, and I used a tea filter. So I don't see any like particulate floating in there. It's... Yeah, yours is rather pleasant. It's not bad. Definitely warmed you up a little more though. So if we wanted to do this exact same one again, what would we do differently? I think first we have to select the proper kind of wood. We need to not buy off of Amazon. Yeah, we need French oak first of all. We got American exactly. oak. I think we'd need to go through a reputable supplier. Do you know the difference between French oak and American oak? At its, it's core? Is it just a different environment it's growing in? So the wood grain is probably a little tighter in, yeah, it, the, in France? They talked say. about this at the barrel pick. And French oak, it's all regulated by the French government, how they grow these trees. And they grow them up really tall before they harvest them. And for whatever reason, the environment gets a lot tighter rings yeah. in the wood. So, so the bourbon can't get into it as much, right? Yeah, it's denser, I guess. But it also, I think, has a, a different flavor that it imparts. That's about as far as I can go into forestry. I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but someone I know gets some scraps from Independent Stave. Perhaps we could go to that person and yeah, get I, some pieces, chop them up ourselves. I didn't realize that Independent Stave did so much of that. I thought that they just made barrels and put them out there and the mm -hmm. makers was preparing all this wood, but they've got a whole program where they're finishing wood and I guess selling it to wineries and distilleries. So. Before we, we kind of wrap this up, if you were to, to rank all of these, your experiment, my experiment, the the actual BU that we're trying to replicate, and then the control. I was just going back to the control one more time. Give me one more of this, and then I'll have my decision. Yours has an odd finish on it. I can't <laughs> put my finger on it. All I can say is it's, a little, it's a little off-putting. <laughs> 
All right, do you want to go first? I don't like mine at all either. Mine tastes like... Which one do we drink more of? Mine? Yeah, about... I put them about equal. I need to revisit the bees. I think both of ours have a very artificial taste that you wouldn't normally find in a bourbon. Yeah, if I bought that, I would be very disappointed. Yeah. Even for $20. Yeah, maybe... Maybe, maybe even 10 for it. <laughs> Maybe if you said that it was like a very, very small batch. I mean, extremely <laughs> small batch. Ten bottles made. <laughs> One bottle made. <laughs> One of a kind. And it had a cool label, then I'd buy it. That'd be used pretty nice. Yeah. The, the uh, maker's cash strength is, like I said again, it's just maker's normal that I would drink. Yeah. So, like, even though it's 110 proof, I'd prefer it over the normal makers, but I think this is just... Yeah, it, I think it softens the edges a little bit and brings out some of those more favorable flavors. So I would say that the, the BU is... BU is the winner. Is the winner. And then <laughs> we certainly, we changed the cask strength with what we did with the wood chips, right. but I don't know that we necessarily improved the cast no. strength. I think that... It's the first run, though. It's the first run. Absolutely. You can only learn from your mistakes. So, between mine and yours? I would have to say yours. It has less of one jutting component. It's more rounded. It's not very bizarre in the fact that there's just this wood, burned wood barbecue taste to it. It just, it Unless tastes, you want that, like if you're having some ribs and. So have you ever had uh, the High West Campfire? No. So High West Campfire is it's a blend of a bourbon, a rye, and a scotch. So it's got like that scotch smokiness. Yeah. And it really does kind of taste like a campfire, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. I would say that mine tastes like a campfire, but in a bad way. It almost tastes like the like the very end of the fire, like when you put it out and you got the really harsh smoke blowing around. No offense to you, but I do get more of like a artificial. Oh, there's no offense taken here. We can there, we, no need to pull any. There's punches. like that nail polish in yours and mine. It's just so much of that wood that I, maybe you can't find it in there. I agree. The finish on mine, I think, is better. Your finish is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like chewing on. Now we're starting to charcoal. Defend our own experiments. We should probably say as a disclaimer. So. Uh, Quincy's girlfriend Kelly watched this whole thing unfold and she was very concerned that somehow somewhere during the process we're going to poison ourselves by making our own bourbon here so if we drink these and, and pass away they're not at fault Kelly it, had nothing to do with it <laughs> she only observed yeah I think I like mine a little bit better but yours is starting to open up a little bit I kind of maybe I'm just drinking more bourbon and like I would say it. maybe a tie. Let's give it a tie for a last tie. place. Yeah, I like that. Let's tie. So what we learned, I think, is that um, for now at least, better leave the, the finishing up to the professionals. But I think we might be onto something here with these type yeah. of experiments. There's so many opportunities, I guess, to try to recreate products on the market that like one of the, one thing that I've always kind of wanted to try, and I don't love this product, but it's certainly unique, is I think if you got one of those kind of mini barrels, put some rum in it for a little bit, right. and bought some bullet rye, put yeah. it in there, I think you could recreate Angel's Envy rye pretty easily. Yeah. The, the 
No, yeah, the cast string. Yeah. The, the cast, or the, the rum finish. The rum dry. finish, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. You could do the same thing with, uh, you know, get put some sherry in there, even do, do some... Here's uh, the thing I was thinking, and I think you touched on this recently, finished rides are still bourbon. What if you were to take... Finished bourbons are still bourbon. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Finished bourbons are still bourbon. I think I've had too many drinks. <laughs> but what if you were to take an exotic wood, something that's still within the United States, but it's a, a different type of wood, and you finish it with something like that? That'd be that'd be fun. I would have to rely on you to tell me what is and what exactly. isn't poison. <laughs> we'll have Kelly get out her nature's guidebook. Yeah, we need Kelly to make sure that yeah. we're not going to kill ourselves. So I would say that it was a fun experiment. I'm not going to call it successful because we didn't. I don't think that we came anywhere close to what this BU tastes like. Uh, I mean, it's still in the same family, obviously, because it starts the same. But um, you know what we came up with? It's wholly unique. I can say that. Um, so let's, let's give ourselves a, a B. A B. Yeah. Was and it shooting? didn't take much time out of our day to No, to it was fun. So, yeah. And now we have the rest of this uh, Maker's <laughs> BU to, to enjoy here. Awesome. All right. So with that, we'll uh, end this t- session. And, secret uh, episode. The secret episode. May or may not find the light of day. Uh, take it easy, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Singing his song, all the little birds on Jaybird Street love to hear the Robin Hood tweet.